podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today we're going to be continuing our series of FPL scout reports where we have a look at new players coming to the Premier League, in some cases players who switch Premier League clubs or their new managers as well. And today we're going to be having a look at one Pau Torres who has finally made that switch to Aston Villa that has been uh, foretold many times over the summer. Uh, he is reuniting with uh, Unai Emery, the two of them work together in Spain so it's a bit of a reunion for these two um, and of course there is lots of questions that fantasy managers have about the impact this is going to have on Aston Villa on their teams this season perhaps the most uh, in line for a bit of impact on their FPL credentials is Tyrone Mings he is currently Villa's most owned defenders most owned defender he's in about 15% of teams and so that's what our job is today is to have a look at what he's going to bring to the Premier League bring to Aston Villa and bring to FPL and work out what that means for our teams because there is plenty of interest in the Villa defence at the start of the season and that's why we're here to answer those important questions. But before we go any further, I do have a few uh, plugs that I do need to make and first things first is just to say that this video today or podcast, depending on where you are accessing this content, is going to involve a lot of information from the Fantasy Football Scout members area, namely things like the season ticker and uh, things like the comparison tools and the tables that we have that are fully interactive, give you the opportunity to look at a range of different stats over a number of different periods, for example. Now, you're going to see some of those things on the screen today, and hopefully you enjoy them, and hopefully they help um, inform some of your decisions. But if you want the full uh, access to be able to play with those tools yourself and answer those questions without having to listen to me, which I'm sure is always a benefit, then signing up to Fantasy Football Scout membership, saving up to 30% at those pre-season prices uh, is the way to go. Not only will you get all of those things I've mentioned there, you'll get access to the pre-season guide for all teams, which includes the exclusive pre-season minutes tracker season points projections team transfer planner and drafts from some of the best fantasy managers on the planet including some former winners uh, as well and before i jumped into uh, information about Power Torres. One final plug is also for the Fantasy Football Scout editorial department, who I'm a big fan of, and those of you who have uh, been accessing this preseason content will be sick of hearing about my respect for uh, Neil, Tom, and Mark, who are producing some fantastic articles over on the website. So if you haven't had a chance to check those out, please go ahead and have a look. Um, they have helped um, influence and inform this video today as well. Uh, one Tom Freeman, who you may have heard of, finished in the top 1K five times, also famously an Aston Villa fan. So he has thrown together the scout report uh, on Pau Torres for the website so do check that out if you enjoy what you hear today and you want some more information then get it from the Villa man himself well without further ado let's start by having a look at uh, Pau Torres's history then and what we can expect from what he's done in the past and as you can see Plenty of uh, seasons there for Villarreal he's a bit of a, a bit of a club legend there in many ways came through their academy and after a, a loan spell at Malaga in 2018-19, he then became a regular uh, for the Yellow Submarine. And so for the next four seasons after that, he was um, just a, a very important player for Villarreal and kind of established himself as one of the best defenders uh, in La Liga. I said at the beginning, he's actually a highly sought-after player, has been linked with a number of different clubs, big clubs in the Premier League uh, over the last few years, and uh, Villa fans especially probably very happy to have secured his signature because, yeah, there's been lots of attention on him. Uh, made 136 league appearances for Villarreal in the end, 10 goals, 5 assists, um, also helped them win the Europa League uh, when Emery was the manager, so success together already with those two. 
Uh, and then he played a key role in Villarreal actually making it all the way to the Champions League semi-finals in 21-22 as well. Uh, in the most recent campaign, 34 La Liga appearances for him, 11 clean sheets across the whole campaign and 23 caps for Spain and was part of that 2022 World Cup squad uh, as well. And just drilling down into the more specific, the more specific detail uh, available to us in the um, season-by-season breakdown, which you'll see uh, on the screen in front of you, it was really the 2019-20 season that he started coming through 2,971 minutes across 33 starts for Villarreal, two goals, one assist. Then 2020-21, 33 starts again, 2,970 minutes, two goals, two assists this time. So a little bit of an improvement there. And then it was 21-22 that he was the most dangerous in front of goal. Again, 33 starts, 2,858 minutes, five goals, one assist. Now, potentially a bit of an outlier that campaign because 22-23, 34 uh, starts, you know, 3,055 minutes. So still integral to the team, but just the one goal uh, and no assist. So in general, what we've seen so far from him is not a great deal of goal for it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he is not uh, going to have an impact on FPL either for appeal uh, for him as an asset. He's coming at 4.5 million or on those around him. And so one thing that's really important to look at with Pau Torres is, of course, his playing style which some of you may already know. He's been touted as uh, one of the most exciting centre-backs with the ball at his feet, uh, especially uh, in La Liga. Uh, Santi Cazorla is a big fan of his. Of course, he's got plenty of Premier League experience and has played with Pau Torres at Villarreal as well. He said, you will be amazed. He is a very good centre-back with and without the ball. And yeah, that's very much because building from the back is something that he's very good at. It's become an important part of what Aston Villa do under Emery. And of course, Emery um, had... uh, got a history of doing that at Villarreal as well, where Torres was doing it before, so he should fit in quite nicely into that new system. And some numbers that just help you understand just how good Torres is at that side of the game. Um, you know, being left uh, left-footed, of course, is, is quite useful because uh, you don't get too many left-footed uh, centre-backs, uh, and so, so that helps. But that's helped him achieve some of these numbers that are really impressive. So um, last season uh, in La Liga, uh, he was... Uh, top for uh, the most touches amongst all centre-backs, 2,560. He was also top for passes completed amongst all centre-backs with 1,846. He was also top amongst all centre-backs in the Liga for uh, passes in the final third with 275. And he was second amongst all of those players for chances created with 14. Now, that's quite impressive when you consider the teams that he will be competing against in La Liga. Barcelona and Real Madrid, of course, come to mind. Uh, Barcelona especially... With uh, when you think about the, how much possession-based football is, is a big part of what they do, and for someone at Villarreal to be able to to top all those charts just shows you how uh, good he is at that side of the game. He's also very good at sort of stepping into midfield. Um, he's got composure on the ball, ability to play out of tight spaces. All of these things are going to be very very useful for fitting into Emery's uh, style of play at Aston Villa, uh, and it's also just quite exciting to see just for neutrals to be honest, because we're it's, we're, we're blessed in many ways. I, I've been thinking for some time that over the past six to eight months we're we're at a bit of a transitional stage in what you would consider as in vogue football formations and tactics and uh, we haven't had one of these shifts in quite some time uh, probably since you know four three uh, well we had three four three a number of years ago and then a shift to four three three for example in terms of what is the vogue new thing to do and uh, at the moment we're just seeing lots of innovative ways that managers are using defenders and goalkeepers as well uh, to really help contribute to the build-up and doing it in a number of different ways so for example we've seen inverted fullbacks you know stepping into central midfield and help uh, doing the build-up that way we've seen John Stones at Man City step into central midfield uh, 
uh, very much in a positional sense as well as in a situational sense um, to help build from the back. We're hopefully going to see Anana do that for United, and that's going to be very, very exciting. And yeah, uh, Torres very much is, is about stepping into midfield once he's won possession back and building up for Aston Villa. Remains to be seen if he's really going to be like a John Stones for Aston Villa um, because he, he wasn't necessarily described in that way at Villarreal. But it, as I said, it, just from a neutral perspective, it's just quite exciting to see that uh, just another defender who could come to the Premier League and really help push on this this current uh, wider shift in how defenders are used. And of course, that's always going to have some great appeal for FPL potentially uh, as well. A little bit of a quote here from uh, Luis Enrique who many of you will know, of course, uh, who said, I like everything about Powell, his personality and his ability to take risks and filter passes, his tactical sense, his way of pressing and marking opponents. He is tall and handsome uh, and very good. Uh, He has everything. I like him. Now, there's a little bit too much information there, perhaps, uh, Lewis, but um, most of that's very, very uh, useful. Although the interesting thing is, thank you for um, drawing attention to his height and uh, how handsome you think he is. Um, I won't comment on that, of course. Uh, the interesting thing here is he, he is he is tall, six foot three, but he's not actually the best in the air for someone who is that tall. Now, last season he won just over fifty percent of his aerial duels, which is uh, perhaps not as uh, good as you'd perhaps like. Um, you know, we're not we're not going to sit here and say he's amazing at everything. Um, there are some weaknesses to his game, and it will be interesting to see how that perhaps uh, is uh, an important factor in his role at Villa in the new season, because you have to say that Mings and Konsa don't really have that problem. And uh, centre-backs in the English game, uh, aerial duels is sort of bread and butter in many ways, and so he's a different type of centre-back coming in. Could that affect where he sits in the uh, the pecking order at Aston Villa? We're going to talk about that uh, in just a minute. But the suggestion uh, from Spain is that um, that doesn't necessarily have to negatively impact his ability to do his job and help Villa do well because he does read the game very well and it's very rare that he gets caught out. So he, he's aware of the fact that he's not as good in the air. So can sometimes drop the extra five yards to make sure he's got that extra time to deal with something that's coming towards him from an aerial uh, route as well. Um and so the 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 physical nature of the Premier League, and we we have have seen in the past, you know, La Liga players where the league isn't quite as physical and it's a bit more technical, come to the Premier League and have to spend some time adapting to the physicality. Um, the way that he has mitigated perhaps some weakness there in the past could suggest that maybe he adapts uh, to that quicker uh, than we expect. But certainly it's something that we should keep uh, our eye on as well. But speaking of things that we have to keep our eye on, that is why we are going to have a quick look at Aston Villa under Unai Emery. Because, yeah, there's there's a lot of things to track here, which are going to involve some pre-season research in many ways. We will start with uh, the manager at Villa, uh, who, as you would expect, someone who's worked with him before um, and has assigned him for £31.5 million. As you would expect, he's a big fan. And this is a quote from actually quite a while ago. It's from two years ago, actually, uh, with Emery. And when he was speaking to Football.London in 2021, when he said, Pau Torres is an amazing player. I think he's a top player. I have been a coach in Sevilla, Paris Saint-Germain, Arsenal, and I've never seen a centre-back like Pau Torres. I think he's going to play at the highest level. He's playing now in the national team, but he can play in the top teams in Europe very soon. And so here he is now playing in the Premier League with Aston Villa and... Yeah, Unai Emery is, is very happy to have landed him. But as I said, this is all about the context of Aston Villa. It's not just about the manager. It's about who is at the club as well. And I already mentioned the fact that perhaps Mings and Konza maybe can offer better aerial uh, capability than Torres. And yeah, th- there is actually a, a huge strength and depth at centre-back for Villa ahead of the new season because you've got Mings, you've got Konza. They've also got Diego Carlos as well. And 
with that broad range of centre-backs, you could say maybe we might see them in a back three. Uh, we feel it's perhaps unlikely that he's going to name a team that starts in a back three. We'll talk a little bit later about perhaps some transitional moments where they shift to that temporarily. But on the whole, we're sort of expecting Villa to, to want to have two traditional centre-backs. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's who that's going to be is, is, is very tricky because there's question marks here. Who is he going to replace? And is he going to go straight into the team, Torres? It's hard to say. Um, you know, we'll just quickly cover off Carlos. We don't really know. As Tom says in his article, the jury is out on him because he, of course, missed basically all of last season after only starting the first few matches with that really bad injury. And so he is as much of an unknown quantity here uh, as Torres is in many ways because we don't know what he's been doing in training and what he's able to, uh, to what he's shown the manager, for example. So there's there's two centre backs there that are of good quality, and of course. Um, Carlos did actually go into the team uh, as as a as a regular starter, so he's got that in his locker if he can get fit. In theory, and of course that was under a different manager, but you know he's there asking a question from the wings, very much an unknown quantity. But in terms of known quantities, the thing about Mings and Concert is actually that they had a fantastic end to last season, and so to break into this centre back pairing at uh, Villa is actually going to be very difficult, we think, um, and. This actually is a good uh, part of this, this video and podcast. It's a good opportunity for us to delve into Villa's defensive potential because some of you might be wondering, why why on earth is David doing a scout report on an Aston Villa centre-back? I mean, that just seems ludicrous. Well, not as much as you think because the way that Villa ended last season defensively was very impressive. There was a number of us that had uh, Moreno in our teams uh, for some time. And I'm a big believer that when you're preparing for the start of the new season, the first six, seven, eight game weeks of a new season uh, can sometimes, be in many ways a bit of a continuation of some of the trends that we saw towards the back end of the previous season um, you know because pre-season you can do as much training as you, as you like but it's sometimes hard to get into a match rhythm and sometimes some teams are able to continue that match rhythm from the back end of last season and start particularly well and I do think Villa could be one of those teams because rather than necessarily looking at Villa's defensive uh, output for the whole campaign when of course they had Steven Gerrard at the beginning of it and it, it wasn't amazing for them let's look at how they finished the campaign because it was very very good and so um yeah last 15 matches in the premier league last season uh, just eight goals conceded for villa which was actually the best of any team now they played one more uh, match in the final 15 game weeks than man city who had a blank of course and despite playing one extra match, they still conceded one fewer goal. They played an extra match compared to Man United, who conceded 15 goals uh, in the last 15 game weeks as well. And then the teams that played the same number of games as them in the last 15 game weeks of the campaign, Brentford and Crystal Palace, 16 goals conceded for Brentford, 18 conceded for Crystal Palace. So in terms of actual just goals conceded, before we jump into some underlying stats, I mean, wow. They're just in a league of their own. And uh, in terms of the last 12, uh, how they were able to turn that into clean sheets, which is obviously, of course, slightly different to situations where you are looking at uh, goals conceded. Um, it w it, they were second best for this. So five clean sheets in the last 12 game weeks. Um, 13 matches in that course with a bit of a double involved as well and uh, yeah Man United were the only team to secure more clean sheets than them uh, in that period so they were a team to invest in at the back end of last season it means that we think that they are a team to invest in at the start of this season uh, as well And but it's not it's not just the goals conceded and the clean sheets, it's the underlying stats as well. In the last 15, uh, 24 big chances conceded. When you compare that with the other five for fewest goals conceded, Man City on 14, so 
City doing much better there, but 29 big chances conceded for United in the last 15, 29 for Brentford, 19 for Crystal Palace. And so very much uh, performing uh, well within that top five for big chances conceded. And this is a good opportunity for us to also have yet another interlude. Appreciate it. I haven't talked about Torres for a few minutes now to talk about Crystal Palace, because this all feeds into why are we interested in an Aston Villa defender for the start of the new campaign? Well, the reason is because they rotate very nicely with Crystal Palace's fixtures, and conveniently enough, uh, there's lots of 4.5 million options at both clubs, and the fact that Torres is 4.5, Mings is 4.5, Concert and Cash as well, all 4.5, it means we've got viable 4.5 options at Aston Villa who we can rotate, because it's kind of harder to rotate a 5 million goalkeeper in Martinez or a 5 million fullback in Moreno. You know, we've got these 4.5s we can rotate with someone at Palace. And Palace offer just an absolute plethora of 4.5 million defensive options. Got Gay on the screen there, but we've Mitchell involved as well. Anderson, uh, who in many ways is a little bit like uh, Torres, actually, ball-playing centre-back. Uh, the goalkeeper, Johnston, is, is 4.5. It's hard to really f- feed him into a rotation with Villa because of Martinez. But the point is, there's just lots of 4.5 million options at Crystal Palace. And their fixtures go quite nicely with each other. So, we'll start with Aston Villa's Newcastle away. Everton at home, Burnley away, Liverpool away, Crystal Palace at home, Chelsea away. Now, there's some nice fixtures in there. There's some not-so-nice fixtures in there. Well, the handy thing is that Crystal Palace's fixtures can sit flush with them quite nicely. Now, they've got Sheffield United away, Arsenal at home, Brentford away, Wolves at home, Villa away, Fulham at home. And so if you take the good... Uh, fixtures and the bad fixtures and you use the the bad fixtures of one club offset them with the good fixtures of the other you can get the following run of fixtures if you rotate a Villa defender with a Palace defender at the start of the campaign in the first six matches and get Sheffield United away Everton at home Burnley away Wolves at home Palace at home Fulham at home for the first six which you have to say looking at the defensive capabilities of these two teams, could be looking at clean sheets in maybe four or five or maybe even six of those if you follow that particular rotation. And it's those prices at those two clubs that really unlock this rotation. And we've, we've briefly talked about Crystal Palace in some of those tables where we looked at how well Aston Villa were finishing last season. So just looking at them in slightly more detail uh, on top of what we've already looked at. Crystal Palace in the last 12 game weeks of last season, they conceded 16 big chances. Only Man City conceded fewer big chances than them with 13 uh, Villa actually conceded more in that period. 23 big chances conceded in the last uh, 12 game weeks. But, you know, both teams still in the top five for that particular stat. Aston Villa was slightly better at turning that. Um, fewer big chances conceded into clean sheets. Uh, Crystal Palace, not quite as good. But when you consider they weren't conceding too many big chances, when you put them against some of these easier-to-face teams, such as Sheffield United and Wolves, does suggest that they can control possession in those games, limit those teams' ability to um, create chances against them and keep clean sheets. Uh, it's really in the first fives. You only really need Palace twice. Game week one, when the Villa play Newcastle, and game week four, when uh, Crystal pa- was when Villa sorry are playing Liverpool. So there's enough that I like about Crystal Palace's defensive potential to be able to say... Torres, maybe, maybe Cash, maybe Rings, maybe Conza can rotate with the Palace defender. So do consider that for your team if you're looking for ways uh, to get the most out of your budget uh, defensive players. Because especially if you're sort of sat there going, hmm, I'm not going to necessarily start my all of my 4.5s all that often. Well, if you can just create a little slot, maybe as your third defender that constantly changes between these clubs could potentially help. But who you put in as your 4.5 million Aston Villa defender, if you follow this logic, does still remain to be seen. And that is 
largely the conclusion that we have to draw on Pau Torres. Um, you would expect that he's going to be certainly in the conversation to start this season on a regular basis because, of course, 31.5 million. It's not that much in the current market, but, you know, it's still more money than I'm ever going to see. So, you know, they, they clearly like the guy. And so, you know, you, you would expect him to be in the conversation, to be in the first choice um, back two. Um, we sort of feel like Mings probably has the advantage over the others at the moment just because of his leadership qualities. Um, but, you know, it's it's we, as we said already, we don't know if Emery is necessarily going to be all that keen to put two left-footed centre-backs in uh, at the start of the season. Uh, he is faced with some choices there. Either he just has to make a decision about which of those two he feels is, is better on their weaker side and puts them on the other side. Alternatively, is he going to have to go does, is he more wedded to the idea of one left-footed centre-back one right-footed centre-back and has to decide between Mings and Torres as to which of those uh, is best uh, and then for his right-sided centre-backs decide which of those is best probably concert at this point and then pair one of Torres and Mings with one of concert or Carlos now of course, Villa are going to play in Europe this season, and arguably that is where Torres is most at home. So if there's a period of the campaign where Emery wants to usher him into the team, you know, playing him in the European fixtures wouldn't exactly be the worst idea in the world because that is a, a, a competition that he has done well in the past, and it might be easier to adapt him to the Villa system than just, long, uh, just throwing him straight into a Premier League team. That could happen too. We don't know. And so what we basically have to say is that this is yet another of these little quandaries that we have at the start of the season where tracking the preseason is paramount, where we work out which of the Villa 4.5 defenders is going to be the one. And of course, the best place to do that is with Fantasy Football Scout. We will be tracking every preseason game, which includes uh, keeping our preseason minutes a spreadsheet up to date so you can see which players are playing the most minutes and in which positions and by the end of preseason as you watch that spreadsheet build it will tell you a lot of information about who the key starters are lots of different clubs especially in a world where a lot of these preseason friendlies this year are against other big clubs all forming part of a sort of big commercial spin to try and maximize um, attention on the preseason games in other countries which is quite useful for for us because it means that rather than playing all the academy kids you've never heard of, there's a higher pressure, I think, on some of these teams to play some of their best players. And that is going to be very, very helpful. Now, it's entirely possible that Torres comes out on top. Could he be one to own? Maybe. Alternatively, uh, in terms of his role in the team, does he create a uh, situation with Aston Villa where he improves the defence, even by not even necessarily playing? He might just put that extra pressure on Mings and Konza to up their game and keep up and sustain that incre incredible defensive form from last season. Either way, I think... I feel very comfortable sort of saying broadly that Aston Villa's defence, by making this signing, whatever happens, their defence is going to be very good this year uh, based on the way it finished last season, the way it strengthened this season. Tielemans has come in as well in midfield, who I think is going to be uh, good for sort of helping protect the back four in lots of different ways. Uh, he's box to box, of course, but, you know, sometimes uh, a midfielder who can make those runs back and forth is it's really good for protecting a defence. So I think there's lots of things to like about Villa's defence. I think you should own a Villa defender at the start of the season. I've certainly got uh, Matt Cash in my draft at the moment. And that's the other thing is that maybe this signing improves those fullbacks at the club because his passing ability, Torres, is so good that are we going to see better um, service for those fullbacks to put them in situations where they can create assists uh, on a more regular basis? And so it's entirely possible that even at five million, Alex Moreno is, is worth extra value as well. We need to just keep an eye on uh, cash as well. He could also be useful and, and provide uh, some value. But yes. 
keep an eye on the preseason, see what's happening with him in the team, and see what's happening if he's not in the team. And if he is in the team, is he getting involved in goals and assists? When he, Is he going to step into midfield? Is he going to get assists from the middle? Uh, is he going to feed those fullbacks and give them a better service on the flanks? Let's find out. Keep an eye on Fantasy Football Scout content throughout the preseason to answer that question. Well, hopefully that was helpful for you guys. And uh, that is just one final segue for me to remind you to make sure that you sign up to your Fantasy Football Scout membership for the new season. Save up to 30% on those preseason prices. And yeah, as I said, crucially, that preseason minutes tracker, which is all part of membership, will help answer some of the questions from this video. It will help answer some questions you may have had from other bits of content as well. There's lots of 50-50s and dice rolls when it comes to best attackers at this club, that club, etc etc preseason will help you with that and fantasy football scout membership especially will be very useful don't forget to like this video and hit the subscribe button on our youtube channel and of course hit that bell notification as well so you don't miss a single piece of our content throughout the summer and with that i will leave you fine folks to enjoy the rest of your fantasy premier league tinkering and i will see you next time <laughs>